well cricket is obviously a numbers game people who follow the game are very obsessed with numbers uh, we have so seen so many times there are fights between uh, fans of a certain player versus the fans of other players just debating numbers and Uh, there are a lot of people who work in this field of numbers and one such person is with me today that is mazhar arshad from pakistan he is a very renowned statistician uh, i know a lot of people who are active on cricket twitter will know about him and his work uh, welcome mazhar welcome to this episode of gapshap with gil uh, thank you for taking up the time i'd just like to you know uh, begin by asking you about your journey and you know where did this fascination with numbers begins because i've seen sometimes you know people like you people like mohandas mohandas menon who i have a lot of time for just pull out numbers which and you know trivia also and instances which no one could have ever thought of so do you think uh, it's something to do with the instinct that you guys have because you've been working in this field for so long or is this something that you somehow know okay like i've watched this and this happened the last time there and hence now i'll look up the numbers and search so how is the whole process of you know studying numbers and you know bringing out stats well uh, first of all uh, thanks for inviting me uh, as far as your question is concerned i think that it's a combination of uh, many things uh, obviously the memory plays a big role uh, because if you if you have seen something in the past and something related to it or something similar happens again so obviously your memory strikes you and uh, then you dig some numbers to find the relevance or translate that story in terms of stats uh, but apart from that i think there is lot of instinct involved as well because i think uh, that in numbers or stats that is something which uh, comes to lot of people uh, i mean something as uh, as a natural thing so uh, i think that it, uh, it's a combination of both you talk talked about mohandas man and i think uh, maybe uh, he's uh, like uh, as, as far as i am concerned Uh, my introduction to cricket stats was uh, mohandas manan because i used to follow him on twitter and only after seeing his work i realized that okay this is some i mean this is a career as well i mean uh, a lot of people they can make a career in this field uh, in this field as well so uh, then after that uh, i think that i i started taking numbers more seriously uh, because uh, i used to write for websites like uh, espn cricket for wisdom and even in those stories my focus was uh, or you can say that i mostly used to talk about numbers so my friends uh, who were close to me or who were like um, uh, I, i should mention here tariq said he is an urdu commentator in pakistan so he is somebody who has helped me a lot in this field so he actually uh, suggested me to uh, to move towards cricket stats uh, then i approached a few broadcasters uh and and got some gigs uh so that is how my journey started but i think that uh, it's a combination of many things it's your interest in numbers it's your uh, skill uh, uh it's your skill in finding those facts or historical data and then obviously uh, the most important thing is your passion and your interest in the game quite an elaborative answer and i'm sure anyone who's uh, looking to venture into this field and understands cricket will will have something to take this out from that it's not just your passion only but you also need to have some kind of memory and you know develop an instinct to correlate instances and then come up with something uh, you know the next question that i want to ask you is that you've worked in quite a few uh, tournaments you've worked in the t2015 world cup you've worked in the 2016 world cup you've worked in uh, many editions i think probably all editions of psl so uh, 
you know what is the difference while uh, sort of coming up with numbers for uh, while you're you know uh, working during a live game and you know when you're doing an article because i'm sure during a live game you have to be much more focused in onto the events that are happening but while doing an article or while after the game you have much more time to look through it so how do you manage that because uh, in the live game you also need to come up with those numbers and everything quite quickly that okay uh, what's the strike rate of a certain batsman uh, in a certain area where does he score a lot of runs with because now we have seen that even data analytics has taken uh, another step in in the coverage of cricket so how how complex and how difficult can it be uh, you know digging up numbers while a live game is on uh well obviously uh, live broadcast is a lot more challenging than writing articles or even like tweeting something about uh, stats because when you're writing something you have a lot of time there's a lot of margin for error even if you have made some mistake you will always have time to uh, to change it uh but in in tv broadcast i mean everything has to happen real time so there is no margin of error uh you cannot even take much time so if somebody asks you a question you have to find it in like maybe maximum in one or two minutes i mean sometimes uh if you are building a story for like uh, for for a specific part of broadcast then you have time but let's say that if something happens uh like a fastest 50 or fastest century then you have to provide that data uh i mean uh in in real time so uh, as far as uh, data analytics are concerned obviously uh the statistician's job is not changing with the passage of time because i would say that there are a lot of numbers now which are easily accessible on google or you can go on few links and find the relative information uh but so that's why the statistician now they need to come up with more interesting and better stories i will give you an example from the recent pakistan south africa series uh kahisor abada he completed 200 wickets so we all were anticipating him to reach that milestone and uh, i know for a fact that lot of people now they can just go on cricket for some other websites and they can find list like who has taken the fewest number of games to 200 wickets so that is something which is very common so uh, so uh, so to make broadcast more interesting a statistician's role here is to make it even more interesting because uh, you have to now provide some information which is not easily accessible to the larger public so we came up with the list of the youngest bowlers to 200 wickets i know that uh, the fastest to 200 wickets is also a very interesting list but uh, i mean a lot of people they will be thinking about robarda oh, wow he was uh, playing t20 world cup only 6 or 7 years ago and now he has taken 200 wickets so who are the uh, youngest bowlers to the, uh, to this milestone so we did that list so you have to anticipate a lot of things and uh, these days you have to come up with more and more interesting stories uh because the access to data is getting easier uh sometimes even the commentators they themselves have their own research they can go on the various links and find the and find the relative information so you have to be uh, really good these days to excel in this field you've mentioned something that I, that as you know uh, prompted me to ask this you've spoken of how even commentators also carry their own research now i'm sure you've worked with a lot of commentators in your career which one commentator you you'd say is extremely thorough with his research as in his research is something that impresses you almost every time uh well obviously ian bishop i think uh, the effort that he puts into commentary is just remarkable i mean it's just amazing that the way he prepares uh, for the game and even when he's not on air uh he's sitting in the green room working on his on his research thinking about 
uh, new ideas so he is somebody who is like uh, just out of this world so you have to be on on the top of your work uh, to impress him so i i can recall one incident in we were doing a game in uae i think it was dubai so i i talked about average first innings total in dubai uh, so the first question that came from him was okay this is average but tell me that how many games here were played between the associate teams because obviously when uh, low key teams are playing the average is likely to be lower uh, then he asked me that how many of those games were day games and how many of those games were night games so so that shows that uh, how much he thinks about about cricket and he does his own research and and does his own research then also uh, one name that i can think is sanjay manjrekar he is somebody who challenges uh, your ideas if you give him a stat he will counter question you it's not to say that he won't use it uh, i mean i know that he loves his stats uh, but still uh, he will challenge your ideas so uh, these are uh, some names then uh, michael atherton obviously because he's a writer as well so he's always thinking about the game uh, his research and his knowledge of the game and his uh, intelligence towards uh, towards this sport is just amazing from pakistan i think bazid khan is a very underrated commentator uh, i know that his fan following is not as big as some some uh, other commentators but he is again somebody uh, who in terms of cricketing sense is quite sharp and brilliant uh, and i i i think he's one of those commentators who i really love working with that's that's pretty interesting ian bishop was one name i was expecting but uh... you know the other three names i'm i'm really uh, you know slightly i wouldn't say i'm very surprised with because i've seen well there are actually more than three names uh, these are three or four names that are on top of my mind but i'm sure that there are a lot of commentators now these days who are brilliant with their research mike hasben i can think another name because his his tv sense is just amazing if you if you look at him doing pitch reports or hockey analysis he's he's an amazing broadcaster so i mean there's so many names now uh previously maybe the commentators uh, uh they were or uh, also it, it has something to do with uh, with technology as well because now everybody has laptop everybody has a phone everybody is on twitter social media so they can get a lot of stories from this platform uh, from these platforms as well so i think uh, the younger generation of commentators uh, they are coming with some really good research no uh, the reason why i said i was a little surprised with these names was because what we have seen is and uh, i'll be i'll be honest in admitting this sanjay manjrekar amongst the indian populace on cricket twitter uh, receives a lot of flack and i can say uh, the similar sort of, sort of thing for someone like a bazid khan as well uh, what people people actually confuse the two things they they i think sometimes uh, are not able to differentiate between their commentary style and their research as far as sanjay manjrekar is concerned i have personally found him to be very very thorough with the numbers and uh, the research that he does and another thing that i think people sometimes have an unreal unreal expectation of is they expect sort of every cricketing pundit to get everything right which is obviously not possible even for the best i'm sure you know there would have been instances where you would also have felt that okay this player is 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 going to do well or this player will not do well but you've been you know uh, caught surprised with well i think uh, that the amount of criticism that comes on social media these days it is just insane i mean people they just forget your previous opinions and they just uh, target you or try to nail you on what you have said at that particular moment for example uh, i have been a massive fan of mohammad rizwan i have been calling for his selection for like 
from last two or three years. Even before 2019 World Cup, I wrote articles, I found stats, I did some research to say that he is someone who should be in the Pakistan team. He should be in Pakistan's test team. Uh, but when I criticized his T20 selection based on his record, I mean, he, he proved us wrong. That's another thing. Uh, but based on his T20 record, when we talked about his strike rate, a lot of people, uh, they called me anti-Rizwan, completely forgetting the fact that I was his massive fan and always called for his selection. And then when I, uh, I mean, obviously when you are, uh, when we're saying that Rizwan's uh, strike rate is an issue, so the people, so they start thinking, okay, now he's talking in favor of, of Sarfaraz. I mean, this is not the right thing. I mean, you, if you are praising somebody, that does not mean that you are denouncing or you are uh, degrading any other player. If you are degrade, or if you are talking about some negative aspects of some, some player, that does not mean that you are uh, praising a player uh, who is like, uh, who, who, who has taken his place. So I think this is the thing with, with, with social media. I recently uh, tweeted that, uh, that thing as well, that if you are talking, that if you are praising tea, people will say that, okay, he's against coffee. But if you are praising coffee, people will say that, okay, he's talking against uh, tea. And if you manage to uh, somehow praise both of them, then the people will be saying, okay, uh, your silence on hot chocolate is very, uh, <laughs> is very alarming. So I, I think that uh, the, the, the criticism that comes to, to, I mean, on social media, it is just insane. And, and most of the times we are not even bothered about it because when you have said something which you know uh, that, uh, that it, is, it is the right thing. So obviously you have this, you should have this courage uh, to face the criticism. So same goes, so same happens with commentators. I mean, look at Hasha Bhugle. He is one of the nicest commentators in the world. He always talks sense. But even sometimes you go on his timeline, I mean, or the comments under his tweets, there will always be people who will be disagreeing with, uh, with him, which is unfair as well. So same happens with Sanjay or some other commentators. I mean, it is very difficult to please everybody. So I think that uh, this social media criticism, sometimes it is just insane. I think you missed the most important word that is that floats around when something like this happens. And the word is agenda. Uh, you you have an anti-Rizwan agenda or you have a pro-Sarfaraz agenda. Yeah, yeah. Agenda is the word you're looking for. But yes, uh, I, I saw that tweet where you said that if you if you uh, praise tea, you, you have said that you're anti-coffee. But yes, uh, I mean, such are the times. But you're pretty right about it that you have to take, in, take it into your stride and then, you know, sort of live with it. Now, uh, you know, you'd mentioned in one of the previous questions that uh, about PSL and, uh, you know, how you've worked in the PSL for long. Now, uh, I think it's it's been six, it's, it's the sixth edition of the PSL, right? And earlier there were five teams, now there are six teams. Uh, over the last six years, how would you say that the brand of PSL has grown? And do you think in the near future, uh, probably in three or four years, if, or maybe five years down the line, can we see new edition? Can we see probably eight teams in the PSL? Do you think there is enough uh, depth and talent in Pakistan domestic cricket and circuit? for an eight-team PSL or more teams to be added to the PSL, be sustainable. Where do you think that the brand of PSL goes from here? Uh, well, uh, regarding your first question, it is uh, it is getting bigger big time. I mean, it has really grown. I mean, if we compare it to the first edition in 2016, maybe a lot of us, we did not realize that it would become such a big thing in Pakistan. Because now, uh, if we look at the last few events, the ratings that, uh, that uh, we are getting it's far bigger than some international games. Uh, so the brand is uh, growing. Uh, the, 
the latest uh, TV rights deal or the total rights deal uh, that uh, that PCB signed was 350% more than the previous deal. So that indicates uh, that it is going. And also, uh, most of the games, uh, they are watched by 50% of Pakistan's TV audience. I'm talking about TV audience, not population. So if there are like 100 people on TV, 50 to 60 people, they are watching PSL. So uh, the brand is growing. There is no doubt about that. As far as uh, uh, increasing the teams uh, is concerned, I think that uh, uh, considering Pakistan's uh, dynamics, uh, six teams, they are fine because uh, if you are having eight teams, then obviously you will need about 100, uh, 100 good quality local players. Uh, which might be a challenge. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't be able to find it, but to maintain that quality, it will be a challenge. And secondly, the even, I mean, the challenge which is even bigger is that uh, if there are eight teams, then obviously the number of games will go up. So you will need about like 40 days or 45 days to have that window. So uh, considering the current uh, like amount of cricket that we see international and some other leagues, so to find that uh, 40 or 50 days window in a, in a year, it will be another challenge for, for the PSL. So I think that as of now, uh, six teams, they are fine. And I think that they, they should stick with it for maybe for the next three or four years and then see that, uh, that, that uh, what's the situation like. But as of now, I think six teams, they are fine. Well, interesting to know. Uh, now, since we are on the subject of PSL, see, my favorite part about these leagues and the franchisee tournaments is, is the is the unnamed or the unheard players that come up. Like, uh, there have been plenty in the IPL that have come up. Matlab, uh, if, if, we're, if I'm to put it in the local language, like, jin logo, jin players have that they became overnight heroes. Matlab, ke cricketers bhi kuch itna bad so, are there any other... Uh, I would like to know from you about, you know, one or two such stories or cricketers from the PSL itself, who's just risen like anything. They were probably nobodies before the PSL started. And once the PSL started, the tournament began and they got an opportunity to play in that tournament. Uh, they just became heroes. Like everyone in their district or the city knew about them. So just share with us some, some stories of uh, these cricketers, if there have been any. Well, uh, there are some names. Uh, for example, Shadab Khan, Hassan Ali, to an extent Shaheen Afridi. Uh, they came into limelight uh, because of PSL. I mean, obviously, they were playing under-19 cricket, they were playing domestic cricket, and they started from there. But PSL, uh, they, I mean, they, 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 come, uh, they came under some real spotlight after, after their performance, in the, uh, performance in, the, in the PSL. But if there's one name uh, that has, uh, or you can say that, who is purely a product of PSL, that is Harris Rowe, because he had no experience of uh, domestic cricket or under-19 cricket. He was just a tape ball cricketer in, in Rawalpindi. So there were some trials in Gujranwala, uh, which were like hosted by Lahore Kalandas. He went there and uh, he got selected. And then he played a few games for Lahore Kalandas. Then he uh, went to play in the Big Bash League. And now he's one of the key players in Pakistan's T20, uh, T uh, T20 international team. So Haris Stoke is one name who is purely a product of PSL. And I think a massive credit goes to Lahore Kalandas and their talent and program. And one more name uh, is Dilbar Hussain. Uh, he's also with Lahore Kalandas and he's also playing some, uh, he has also played some games in, in, the, uh, in the Big Bash League, uh, even, uh, even uh, this season. 
he was with Melbourne, but he got injured after one or two games, and he is doing uh, a fine job with Lahore as well. So these are two names who are uh, purely products of uh, PSL. But apart from them, as I mentioned, that Shadab, Hassan Ali, um, and then uh, obviously Shaheen Afridi. These are some names uh, who got into limelight after after playing in the PSL. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, but Haris Shroff played for Melbourne Stars, right? And uh, I think there, yeah. there was this one instance. This video was very uh, viral on social media when he was probably given the man of the match, was called uh, to speak on it, and then he called Sandeep Lamichane, who was doing the translation for him. Am I right? Is is the same cricket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And also, I mean, it's the beauty of franchise cricket. I mean. Uh, a player from Pakistan, he's man of the match, and uh, a player from Nepal, uh, he's uh, he's uh, translating uh, his words. So, uh, so that is beauty of franchise cricket, I think. And also, he got to play with Glenn Maxwell, and he was uh, and Harris Rauf. He himself says that uh, that his hero is Dale Steyn. And if I'm not mistaken, in that tournament or in uh, or in that season, he came into Melbourne side because I think Dale Steyn was unavailable. So uh, th- that's another uh, uh, another good story. So I think that uh, Haris uh, he he's uh, like uh, uh, one of the fine products of of PSL, and the way he has handled the international pressure or the pressure of some high high octane games, I think credit goes to him. Well, good to know. I mean, I I always look forward to stories like these. I mean, uh, I'm I I do follow cricket mostly, but I think my fascination from sport. comes from these stories where you see people being united so easily and uh, playing for a common cause and you know it just transcend boundaries so always always good to hear about uh, these stories now uh, you know moving to moving a little closer to home uh, you know i am sure that you you were from that generation which would have seen that 2004 series when india toured pakistan for the very first time in 20 years i think 20 or 19 years and you would have been probably i'm not sure I, i'm guessing that you would have been at one of the games also and you know been able to uh, you know soak in the atmosphere so i i just want you to talk about that series and how that was such a uh, i mean such a landmark moment in in the cricketing history of two countries and how was the reception because from what i have heard and because uh, you know cricketers have spoken about it the journalists who were there have spoken about it they have said that the indian players were welcomed so much in pakistan at that point of time that uh, like if they would go to a restaurant matlab uh, people would not take uh, any money they would say ki aap hamare mehman ho uh, they would not take money at any of the shops and the indian cricketers were very touched by it so now i i've heard a lot from uh, about this from you know uh, indians who've been there but i want to know and hear from you about that experience and why that series was such a great series Uh, well obviously uh, india came after so many years and uh, india versus pakistan rivalry is always a big thing in cricket so that series had lot of eyeballs even the reporters from cnn and some chinese newspapers or chinese new uh, or some chinese tv channels they were at the grounds covering that series so you can have an idea that when the chinese and americans are following something uh, that is something really interesting and i will tell you one interesting fact uh, rahul bhattacharya who is an indian writer he wrote a book or uh, from that tour which is called pundits from pakistan everybody every cricket lover should read that book that is my favorite book in cricket and he talked about this fact in in his book uh, i don't remember the exact figure but i think maybe it was like 15000 or 20000 uh, visas were issued by pakistan 
uh, to Indian fans. And that was the largest cross-border traffic between two countries since the partition. So you can have an idea about the magnitude of, uh, of that series. So it was really big. I wasn't at ground for those games because I was very like young at that time, maybe 13 or 14. And my parents, they would not allow me to uh, go alone or even with friends uh, to the ground. Uh, but uh, two years later, when India came back in 2006, I watched uh, one of the games in Lahore. And that was the game where Sachin Tandulkar, he scored, I think, 95 runs. And he was, uh, uh, he, and Abdul Razak, he got him out. But India won the game. MS Dhoni and Juvraj, they had a very, uh, like, uh, 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 they, they had a very fine partnership at the end. Uh, so, and uh, even in that game, I remember that I was sitting in Javed Miyadad in Kluyer at the Kazafi Stadium Lahore. And honestly, it was feeling as if I was watching that game in India. That enclosure was full of Indian spectators. They were like uh, the 90% of the crowd in that particular section was from India. So it was uh, a very nice experience. And I mean, there was, uh, there was some friendly banter as well, uh, but uh, everything was in the, in the right spirit. So that is something which I think the generation, the, the current generation of cricket is missing, that India-Pakistan rivalry. I mean, just last uh, day or uh, two days ago, I was talking to Muhammad Ambe. I, I actually interviewed him. And he talked about this rivalry as well, that he loves bowling to Virat Kohli. He loves bowling to Rohit Sharma. Uh, but that is something which the fans are missing. I mean, we see India-Pakistan only in the World Cups or in Asia Cups. Uh, so I think that um, uh, this uh, bilateral rivalry is something which is being missed in cricket big time. You mentioned one thing, uh, and that's that still is giving me a little some goosebumps of uh, of sorts. That uh, fifteen to twenty thousand visas were issued, and I, I think that's a huge number anyway. Uh, but uh, one thing that you mentioned about the friendly banter. So, I, what I've seen now is that uh, over the, uh, especially at the stadiums, like uh, if you see uh, you know stories that come up whenever India play Pakistan at a neutral venue, like when they played in the. 2017 uh, Champions Trophy or, uh, you know, in the 2019 World Cup in England. Uh, that, I think that friendly banter has increased, but uh, there's more acceptance when a team do, uh, loses or, you know, uh, does badly. Earlier, you know, we would see that even on the ground, people would get so passionate and fight about it. But I generally now tend to see that with the Indians and the Pakistani fans, that acceptance and that maturity has come into play. Uh, what do you think? I'm asking you this because you probably, you know, have had the more experience of being at the ground. Do you think that the crowds have matured more than what they were, say, probably in the early 2000s or the late 90s? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, in late 90s, there was a very terrible incident in, in Canada uh, when in one of the games in Zamam, he pulled somebody from the crowd and he called somebody to bring the bat because he wanted to hit him. Because I think he was using some bad words against him. Uh, but now this thing has changed. I mean, the people they have realized, uh, the people, they are more mature. They know that how sports work. Um, so uh, I think uh, uh, I will uh, give you an example from the 2017 Champions Trophy final. I wasn't working on that game. I wasn't, uh, like, uh, uh, I wasn't doing my usual TV duties, but I was there at the ground. Uh, and I went into the crowd. And uh, actually, I took a picture with the Pakistan flag. Zainab Abbas, who is, a, who is a Pakistan broadcaster, she was with me. And that picture, uh, I mean, uh, we both were holding Pakistan flag. And that picture was taken by somebody from India. So I think that uh, now there's more acceptance to sports. Uh, people now, they, they understand sport more than before. 
so I obviously I think as you said that the fans, even the fans now, they have become more more mature. That's always good to know because you know uh, what we tend to forget sometimes. You know, uh, while we are passionate about the sport that we love, is that at the end of the day, it's it's still a game, and uh, it's and I I personally never liked whenever broadcasters have. Uh, you know, highlighted as or even news channels have highlighted as it's some kind of a war. Oh, it's it's an unsaid war that you need to win, etc., etc. I've you know for for one, I feel that it's it's a, it's a huge disrespect to the people who actually serve in the forces. Two, uh, I think it 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 is grounds for creating some sort of bitterness, which I've never been uh, you know in favor of. So it's good to know you know from your experience on the ground that people have generally uh, you know become more mature. Now, since we are on the subject. Uh, I've personally seen that, you know, there's a lot of admiration for the likes of Virat Kohli and MS Dhoni in in the Pakistani cricket fraternity. Uh, is it is it something that we only see on social media, you know, through some photos, or that is genuinely the case that people really admire the likes of Virat and uh, MS? Well, that is a genuine case because if you remember, I think it was in 2019 World Cup. I think that uh, there was a picture. Uh, from Lahore, which uh, which became viral on internet. So there was somebody wearing Pakistan jersey on his motorbike, but uh, the name behind was Virat Kohli. So that picture it received a lot of eyeballs. So it means that uh, people they genuinely like uh, like Virat Kohli. And in fact, I think that uh, well, there's uh, uh, I have massive respect for the past uh, great Indian players, the likes of Sachin Tendulkar, Rahul Dravid, Yuvraj Singh, Virendra Sehwag, all of them. But I think Virat Kohli is somebody or maybe the first Indian cricketer who is genuinely liked in Pakistan. And that uh, could be because right now uh, we don't have uh, heroes. I mean, uh, in a way we used to have in 80s or 90s. If, if we look at our, our cricketers in 80s or 90s, I mean, the likes of Imran Khan, Abdul Qadir, Sarfaraz Nawaz, uh, Wasim Akram, Makar Yunus, Shreya Bakhtar, Saeed Anwar, Inzamamul Haq, Muhammad Yusuf, there's so many names. But if you look at the current team, uh, maybe Babar Azam is one name who is on the top of the league. Uh, Shaheen Afridi to an extent, now maybe Rizwan as well. But apart from these names, we don't have big names or big stars. So obviously, when you don't have your own stars, you look to others. And that is what happens in Bollywood as well. Uh, I mean, the reason that there is a lot of admiration for the likes of Shah Rukh Khan, Salman Khan, Amir Khan is because our own film industry is not as big as India. So that is... Uh, to an extent happening maybe in cricket as well because uh, uh, because of the lack of the local heroes. Uh, the people now, they are more inclined towards uh, overseas heroes. Uh, so that is something which actually used to happen in India in 90s. I was actually talking to Anand Basu recently. In fact, uh, 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 people, they can read our conversation on Twitter as well. Even he was saying that in 90s, I mean, India, they had some really good players. But you know, that charisma, that aura, that the likes of Imran Khan had or Wasim Akram had. So even though Indian players, they, uh, I mean, Indian fans, they had their some great players, but they used to look to Pakistan players. Uh, so that is now, I think that the tables they have turned. Uh, so uh, what used to happen with India in 90s, now it is happening with Pakistan. And I think it is a matter of time that uh, before it, it changes again, because right now, uh, what I'm seeing is that a lot of people, they have become big fan of Babar Azam. And I recently did under-19 World Cup uh, for the ICC broadcasting team. And before that event, they gave a paper to uh, nearly all the cricketers 
where they talked about their heroes or uh, or a batsman they want to become and lot of people or lot of players uh, they had mentioned babar azam so he is also somebody who has now big following in pakistan so hope uh, so now because we have a hero after a long time so we can expect that in the next 4 or 5 years or 10 years the situation will be different i think uh, you know it's a it's a very good point because what you are saying about the 90s and now uh, is that in the 90s even though we had good batsmen we really didn't have a menacing bowler but now we we have those menacing bowlers in the uh, in the likes of jaspreet bumrah ishan sharma mohammad shami who are doing well so that is why now we we have our own heroes so we don't admire probably the pakistani bowlers as much as we used to do in the 90s and the 2000s so that's an excellent point and i think uh you know that was the case earlier like you said because there in the 2000s and the 90s there were a lot of good pakistani batsmen sayed anwar yunus khan inzamam ulhaq mohammad yusuf uh, even shahid afridi you know has a lot ha- had a lot of fans but there's this one player who i want to talk of particularly and that is misbahul haq uh, from what i gather is that there's a lot of admiration for him in india because uh, the, i i always when it comes to uh, misbahul haq i always refer to this quote by uh, harsha bhogle where he said that the criticism of misbahul haq is like that of the sole breadwinner in a family of 10 being not earning enough so what is it about misbahul haq uh, i think that a lot of his criticism is unjustified but uh, he still get he get, still gets a lot of it amongst the pakistani circles for sure he used to get it when he was the captain and the main batsman and he 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 still gets it now when he's the chief, uh, you know chief coach and was very recently the selector so what do you think do you think uh, some of the criticism is genuine or do you just think that it's because of the way he played that people don't like him well i think uh, it's just uh, media perception or some social media perception uh, because there is thing called jumping the bandwagon i mean people they don't do their own research and they just start blaming uh, specific people and also i have what i have noticed in pakistan's culture recently i mean in the culture of news and media is that we always look for scapegoats even in politics we target some certain individuals and they think that if he is removed or replaced things will become better and it does not happen like that i mean miss by coach for just like 3 years uh, but if we look at our, our recent performances i mean pakistan they haven't won a test match in australia for 25 years but when they went to australia and lost 2-0 under miss by coaching so he was the one uh, to be blamed uh, so i think as you said that most of the criticism it is unjustified uh, if you look at his services even as a captain uh, i mean before his current stint he took pakistan to number 1 in test cricket he beat england 3-0 he beat england 2-0 he beat australia 2-0 he, he went to england and uh, drew that series and then uh, after that pakistan became number 1 even in odi cricket he beat india in india i mean how many teams they have won an odi series against india in india but he did that he he won the asia cup uh, he won in south africa the odis is the first asian team to win a series in south africa so i think that most of the criticism is unjustified and that's because that we look for scapegoats uh, even right now a lot of people they think that if he is removed things will become better pakistan will become number one in all formats well it's just an illusion so uh, but and also I, as i said that uh, the people they just uh, love jumping the bandwagon and they don't do their own research uh, recently he was accused for favoring asif ali in in pakistan's t20 team everybody thought that asif ali was in the team because uh, misbah is pakistan's coach but if we look at facts 
Asif Ali has been selected by Pakistan's every selector. He has been selected by Pakistan's every coach. He has been selected by Pakistan's every captain. He played some 20 games under the coaching of Mickey Arthur and he never dropped him. He played some 20 games under captaincy of uh, Sarfraz and under the selection of Inzmam and he was never dropped, not even a single game. But Misbah, he has, he has used him just like for maybe, I think, nine games. But people think that uh, he is the one to be blamed. So I think a lot of people, they just uh, do criticism without uh, thinking about facts. As far as his coaching is concerned, I do think that it needs a massive improvement, especially in T20 cricket. Uh, I know that the way Pakistan, they are playing T20 cricket, it, it is a bit old-fashioned and some of the decisions, uh, they are old-fashioned. And uh, if I'm allowed to use this word, they are slightly absurd as well. Because I, I think when Misbah came, uh, in the first seven games that Pakistan played under his coaching or selection, they used some 25 different players. And before that, Pakistan was number one. So, I mean, uh, that was trying to reinvent the wheel. I mean, when you have already a good team, why you are making so many changes? So, I, I know that a uh, lot of things, they need to be improved in T20 cricket. But still, that does not mean that uh, you start blaming somebody for every mistake or every defeat that happens. But when the same team wins or when he backs some player, because he was the one who backed Rizwan. I mean, nobody thought that Rizwan was going to be an opener in T20, as nobody thought, including me. All, all of us criticized the selection committee or the coaches uh, for thinking that Rizwan is an opener, but he has proven all of us wrong. But nobody is giving credit to Misbah. They, but when the team fails, they will say, okay, look, uh, that's poor coaching. But when the team wins, it is Weldon Barbara Azam or Weldon others. So I think that we need to be balanced with our criticism. We need to be balanced with our views. We should not be biased. Uh, a lot of people, they think that, uh, that I talk in favor of Mr. But that's because uh, what I find wrong is that a lot of people they think that he is the only reason behind Pakistan's all problems. But I have here stated that, that Pakistan's T20 strategy, it needs to be improved. And uh, also, I think it's a passage of time. I mean, you learn with time. If we look at Misbah's coaching, I mean, he's been uh, uh, there for, I mean, it's not even uh, two years uh, right now. I mean, he was appointed in 2019. So he has not even completed two years. I mean, it's a passage of time. You make mistakes, you learn with time. You pass, I mean, you learn with the passage of time. If you look at Babar Azam, the start of his career, the, I mean, uh, uh, some games that he was playing in, in Test cricket, a uh, lot of people, they thought that he was not going to be a Test player. But now he's uh, equally good in all three formats. A lot of people thought that his strike rate was an issue. But now his recent strike rate in T20s is 140. So if you give people time, if you give people some margin of error, I think they will improve. With, uh, they, will, they will eventually improve. Fair point. Uh... You know, what, what you've said is essentially something that I've always said for captaincy also. People tend to judge captaincy just on the basis of results while not realizing that captain at the end of the day only forms 9% of the team. And if you take him as a different player, if you take a captain and a, a player as a different commodity also, then also he come, comes out to around 15 to 16% of the team. And at the end of the day, he can just give opportunities. But it is if, if Virat Kohli is saving Bumrah's overs, Till the for the death, and uh, you know he's he, he's done the captaincy part all right. But if Jasprit Bumrah has has an off day, or the opposition does better, then you can't blame Virat Kohli for it. And I think uh, you know a lot of people need to understand that a lot of cricket uh, and a lot of grooming and strategy is straight away not about results, like you also said. It's it's about you know allowing that room for error. 
and letting that process develop. And I think as far as that is happening, and I think a lot of it happened with uh, the Indian test side as well, then you will see results eventually. You will not get immediate results because it's not that Virat Kohli as the test captain was successful straight away on his first boost. It took him time. So uh, you make a you make a very good point uh, about uh, you know how uh, Ms. Ba's criticism is unfair. Now I wanted to speak to you about uh, Pakistan's T20 chances, but you've already mentioned that that they need to probably you know change their strategy a little bit and uh, work towards probably playing an up to date cricket. So I'll I'll move on to a few uh, you know quick questions, uh, rapid fire if you want to call it. So uh, you know. I just want to know, you know, which is the best ground that you've ever visited? One ground where you'd like well, to go all the time, like always. Uh, I think Adelaide Oval. Uh, that is one ground where I can like do all the games, even if I have, even even if somebody tells me that your next uh, games, like all the games that you that I'm supposed to cover, will be in Adelaide Oval. I will say, okay, I don't mind it. And one more name that I can think of is Eden Gardens. Uh, so when we were growing up. Uh, obviously, Eden Garden. He, I mean, so not he. I mean, that ground. Uh, it was like very charmful. Uh, especially uh, we saw Shweb uh, bowling that that Yorker to Sachin. So and that crowd, like uh, nearly one lakh people uh, watching the game. Now I know that they have reduced the capacity. So when I did some games in 2016 World Cup, uh, that was a great feeling as well. So I think Adelaide Oval and uh, Eden Gardens. Who's your favorite cricketer? All time. Uh, all time Vasim Akram, and currently I would say Virat Kohli. Best friend in the cricket broadcasting fraternity. Uh, best friend. If you're just talking about friendship, uh, then I would say uh, Zainab Abbas and uh, Bazid Khan. Okay, and uh, you you had some other name because you said just friendship. Is is there someone else? Well, well I have. Uh, well, I have a great rapport with uh, with the likes of uh, Ramiz Raja, uh, Ramiz Bhai, Vaseem Bhai, uh, Vakar Bhai. I mean, I love working with them. But obviously, I mean, because of that age difference, uh, I mean, the friendship is limited. So, but if you are just talking about friendship, then I think Zainab Abbas and Bazit Khan. Uh, sharpest cricketing mind that you've come across? Because I'm sure you've worked with a lot of uh, cricketers as well. You've worked with a lot of broadcasters. I've already asked you about commentators, what sharpest cricketing mind that you've come across in a player, not particularly a broadcaster or a commentator, a current player or an active player? Uh, current player? Uh, it's <laughs> a <laughs> difficult <laughs> question. If not current, then... Ah, Darren Sammy. Darren Sammy. I have found him very intelligent when it comes to cricket. And I mean, it's not a coincidence that he has won two T20 World Cups. He has had a huge success in franchise cricket as a captain and now as a coach. I think he's somebody who is uh, not really intelligent, but I think he has a big role in future to play as a coach. And you will be seeing him uh, coaching a lot of uh, teams in in near future. Any particular anecdote that you would like to share with regards to Darren Sani that makes you say that he's one of the sharpest cricketing minds around? Uh, well, not really an anecdote, but I have actually studied his style of uh, his style of coaching or captaincy uh, because uh, in 2019 PSL, uh, Peshawar Zalmi on papers they were maybe the weakest team in the tournament. And when I said that uh, they are going to win it, 
lot of people they made i mean they actually made fun of me that how can i consider them to be winners even though they did not win but they reached the final and they nearly won it and uh, the way he carried that team with the limited talent or with the limited resources it was really remarkable even in this psl uh, so their batting was really weak but he was using his resources very wisely so there was one incident where imamul haq he got run out and i feel that he he got run out on purpose uh, because uh, they wanted to give uh, like enough balls to their power hitters and they went on to win that game uh, and uh, uh, from t20 world cup uh, 2016 uh, see dinesh ramdeen he is somebody who has a test century he is somebody who once uh, i think hit uh, some uh, 10 odd sixes in an odi innings and he can bat i mean he is not a number 8 or number 9 batsman but in t20 world cup he used him as number 8 number 8 batsman they in fact they, he did not even consider him as a batsman because he knew if he come in the top order in the middle order uh, then obviously he is going to consume some resources so he wanted his power hitters to use those resources and in t20 world cups that uh, both t20 world cups that western is won in 2012 and 2016 Uh, Dinesh Ramdeen, he was just a keeper. He did not come to bat. So that is something. That is intelligence that you need to realize. That okay, we know that he is a Test century. We know that he has ODS centuries. But here we don't need him. So that is something which I have, uh, like you can say, the, which has impressed me the most in in Darren Semi. And I think is a very sharp cricketing mind. And I am again predicting that he is going to be a very fine coach in in T20 cricket. Pakistan crowds do have a lot of time for Darren Sami, isn't it? I, I, from whatever I've seen and you know studied about him, they they just seem to love him, and he was also conferred with an award. Now, what do you what do you have to say about that relationship between Darren Sami and the Pakistani crowds? Well, one uh, because he has been uh, he, uh, he uh, he's playing in the PSL right from the beginning, and he was the first big player. who actually came to pakistan along with marlon samuels in 2017 a uh, lot of players they didn't want to come to pakistan uh, but in 2017 pakistan they hosted just one game in lahore which was the final and darren sami was the captain and he actually i think sort of convinced everyone that we should go so he was there david malan was there marlon samuels was there and at that time he was uh, in fact he still is a, a t20 world champion uh but at that time he had just recently won the tournament in in 2016 so he was a big name in t20 cricket so uh i think so uh, maybe because uh, because of this reason uh he is more close to pakistan the fans they uh, they say him as somebody who is very close to pakistan's cricket or pakistan's culture i mean recently when the psl was called off uh, he went to northern areas of pakistan he was enjoying pakistan's food pakistan's culture uh, and lot of people now they call him darren sami khan so <laughs> i think uh, it's it's because of his association with the psl and especially peshawar zalmi that people think that uh, or or may, maybe that's why he has a big fan following in pakistan well uh, the last uh, question that i want to ask today is what's been the most cherished moment of your career so far uh, you've had quite the career uh, you know in the cricket broadcasting and the cricket statistic field so what's your most cherished moment something that you know you would like to tell everyone and anyone that you ever meet well one is t20 world cup final 2016 uh, when carlos brathwaite hit uh, hit those four sixes and ian bishop was like carlos brathwaite remember the name i was i was sitting right next to him 
so that is uh, one moment that I really enjoyed. And one, uh, another one involving West Indies, but at that time, West Indies, they were at, uh, I mean, they were, uh, I mean, uh, the, uh, that moment, maybe it, it won't be liked by, by, by West Indies. Uh, that was uh, when Sharon Gabriel, uh, he hit that shot and uh, Yasir Shah, he got his wicket and Pakistan, they won the series in the Caribbean for the very first time. It was last test match of uh, Miss Ben Yunus. So I think that was an amazing moment as well. So these are a couple of moments that I can think of. Uh, apart from that, obviously I have some. I have done some some other great games as well. Virat Kohli's first double century in in Antigua. I was there for that game. Uh, obviously, uh, some games between India and England in 2018, and then 2019 India England game uh, that uh, that big game in World Cup. So yeah, I mean there are a lot of games that uh, I have enjoyed. Well, here's hoping that you have a lot more cherished moments and a lot more memories and anecdotes to share. And hopefully, uh, whichever prediction that you make, uh, today being the one that you said that Darren Sammy is going to be a very successful coach, comes true like a few of your other previous predictions. And hopefully, you know, there's, there's less more criticism of, you know, the punts that you make and less more criticism of uh, Ms. Bawlak. And on the on final note, I'd say hopefully there's a lot more Indo Park cricket for us to you know discuss a lot more about it and a lot more stories about it. And hopefully there's a day when we don't see any more fights between the Indian fans and Pakistan fans depending uh, discussing and arguing who's better, whether it's Virat Kohli or Babar Azam. Because I feel even Babar Azam has said that Virat Kohli is the better player. So on this note, I'd like to take uh, your leave today and I'd like to thank you for taking out time on coming on the show. And I hope whosoever watches it uh, likes the show. And please, if you like the show, do share it with your friends. Do share, uh, uh, do, uh, don't, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And Mazar also uh, runs a YouTube channel. He also has a lot of cricketers come up. He shares statistics also. So please don't forget to subscribe to his channel as well. Uh, you'll obviously learn something about the game. And yes, uh, that's it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you, Mazar, once again. Hope you had good fun. Thank you.